Hey there, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Kamikaze Show. It's great to have you here. It's great to have our guest here with us today. Real special one. Uh, so a bit about our guest today. He is from the Akron, Ohio, even though he's living down here in the Columbus area. So represent. Uh, he attended CVCA Malone and graduated from Kent State. Uh, so all the basically opposite schools I went to, right? <laughs> Uh, he is currently married and has a son and is going to have a daughter on the way. All right, yeah, giving me that nod of approval, so there you go. Uh, and then last random uh, fact I'll throw in there, uh, he worked at Kroger for many a years before coming to work at the Amazon as an operations manager. So in case uh, anybody I work with is wondering why I'm not at work next week, it's because, uh, well, I'm probably about to get fired here. So. <laughs> You're safe. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the one and only Ted Harris. Ted, welcome to the show. Thank you, Wade. It's happy to be here. I'm happy to be here and spend a little bit of time with you answering some questions, but I thought I can. Oh, yeah. It's great to have you as well. So you ready for the warm-up? Let's do it. All right. So first question. I'm curious to hear what you have to say. So... Ted normally starts every uh, uh, sync meeting with this, so tell us a cheesy dad joke. A cheesy dad joke. Oh, man. I usually look those up, Wade, before I uh, <laughs> usually give them. Pulling but, out his uh, phone here. Let me see if I can find one that's appropriate. Uh, mm. My favorite. I do that on purpose uh, because no, no matter what you're going through, uh, people have to enjoy being at work you know so dad joe's kind of break the ice whether you're having a good or bad night um so let's see what i can find out um a skeleton walks into a bar and says hey bartender i have one beer and a mop okay that was whack let me try another <laughs> one <laughs> uh, okay um All right, take two. Oh wow maybe i should look something up <laughs> Nah, I, this is a, not my regular site. Some bad ones. And I roll there. There's got to be some. Ones. I know. What's the best way to watch a fly fishing tournament? What's the best way to watch a fly fishing tournament? Mm, buzz on by. No, a live stream. <laughs> All right. Boo. All right. Well, that was nice having y'all here. I'm going to end the show early. <laughs> I should have came prepared for that, but no, that, that, that was a good one. Uh, that was a good one. You should have you should kind of expected it? that. You always ask us. <laughs> All right. Next question. What is the single best day on the calendar? The single best day on the calendar for a full year? Just a random day on the calendar. Uh, random day on the calendar, I'll have to say December 25th. That, oh, that's Christmas. Christmas. Oh, I was about to be like, is that your anniversary? But never mind. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say December 25th. That's the year that we celebrate the birth of our Lord, and mm. on top of that, it seems to be mostly a joyous day. Mm. Everyone in the country seems to be in a giving mood. Yep. You know, um, it doesn't. You don't have to say much about December 25th to make people smile yep. for the most part. You know, so um, even though it's snow on the ground here in Ohio, people typically have joy in their hearts on that day. So. I'll pick that day. I agree. Yeah, December, especially Christmas, is well, if it snows on Christmas, it usually is warm on Christmas and snows on Easter. But cr December is like the fun <laughs> snow month. Then January and February are not that great. But December is the, oh, it's snowing. So <laughs> I do agree with you on that. All right. Next question. What is your favorite smell? 
Lavender. Lavender? That lavender. Was like candle smell or Yeah, yeah. I would say lavender because um really my wife, she she has mm-hmm. lavender candles around the house. And, uh, it seems to be kind of a common theme if you walk into my home. So uh, it makes me just uh, feel at home, you know. So whenever I have a lavender lavender smell, it makes me feel at home either in my mom's house or my own house. It seems like be a running thing in my family. Nice. All right, cool, cool, cool. Next question. If you suddenly became a master of woodworking, what would you make? <sighs> what would I make? Hmm. Probably... You know, the first thing that comes to my mind will probably be decks. A deck? Wood decks. Oh, um, because very dad-like of you. Well, well right. it's dad-like, but also you could help other people. You could uh, create a side income by doing something like that, even though it's it takes time to build mm-hmm. decks. You know, it's not easy. But um, I don't know. I think of how can I help others first, you know, and also do I get out of it, you know, so mm-hmm. win-win. Fair enough. All right. Next question. This one comes from the AJ Burdine. Burdine. Mm. Uh, why are you a Cleveland fan? Well, I was born <laughs> and raised in Akron, Ohio, where most of us are Cleveland fans. Mm. You know, uh, my, but even deeper than that, my father was a Cleveland fan. You know, so back in the '80s, when Bernie Kosar and Webster Slaughter and Michael Dean Perry were all on the team, and we're actually making the playoffs. You know, I, I never forget those times. My dad used to take me to Uncle Lou's house one of his frat brothers at the time, mm. every Sunday to watch playoff games and different games while he yelled at Bernie Kozar. <laughs> I was eating snacks in the background. So I remember those days and since I lost my father in 97. You know, oh. um, yeah, yeah, I lost my father in 97 to cancer. Um, it just it just brings back fond memories, cheering on the Browns and, and, and having that one-on-one time. Now my son is becoming a little bit of a Browns fan now. He doesn't understand it yet, but uh, he, he's gotten into the Go Browns mantra. Gotcha. Well, I'm sorry to hear that about your father in 97. It's um, all good. But you, you gained me in 97, <laughs> so it evens out, right? You're yep. like, all right, I'm done. Uh, all right, next question. Uh, and I'll throw in the other. So I put this in our what we call the homies chat, which is the chat with the managers and OMs. Uh, I'll throw in the other manager questions later. So if you remember what they threw in there at a moment's notice, that'll it's all come good. later. But Anyway, next question. Most interesting childhood injury? Got to be my ankle. ankle. You know, so I, uh, I broke my ankle and tore every ligament in my, my foot, in my, my ankle, my left ankle, at CVCA when I was a senior. Ugh. So I, Surprisingly enough, I didn't have very many injuries before then. Never broke a bone until my senior year in high school. Um, that's the most significant. It ended my – I was very athletic in, in high school. You know, um, that ended my, my, my athletic career <laughs> in high school. And it changed my life. Changed my life. I um, was going to play football for a, another school, and um, that school no longer recruited me after uh, my injury because oh, it was shoot. pretty severe. Yeah. What was the school? So um, it was University of Buffalo. Uh, so I was c- considering them in Kent State and um, another small school in New York, uh, Iona. And so I was – Considering different universities that I was going to go to, and after the injury, it um, pretty much swayed my options. And so, Malone is where I went. You know, hey, and, yeah. and so yeah, Malone offered me a scholarship. I uh, went there, played there for a couple seasons before transferring to Kent State. Mm. Well, 
Roger that. Well, speaking of sports, my next question is least favorite sport. Least favorite sport. Ooh. Least favorite sport to watch or play. Let's start with watch, and then we'll work over to play. Okay, okay. Because people are going to hate me for this. But um, my least favorite sport to watch would probably be golf. It's just slow. I like to play it. I just don't like to sit there and watch it. That's fair. You didn't say track and field, so my feelings like are spared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like but track is pretty boring to watch. I'd give it to you if you said it. Yeah, yeah. No, what, no, no. track would be fun. What, yeah, that's fair. But what about this uh, to play? Tennis. I like tennis. I watch tennis. You know, I think that it's great, but I never was good at tennis. Mm. You know, I even later in life, a good buddy of mine, he, he played football at West Virginia, mm-hmm. and, but he was a really good tennis player too. You know, and he, he was like, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to play tennis. So we used to go out on the court, and I just never caught on. Mm-hmm. You know, he um, he tried and tried with me, but he used to whip my behind. You better hope, Caleb, court. Better hope Caleb Prunty doesn't hear this because he played tennis in college. Oh, did so, he? Did yeah. he? Oh, shoot. <laughs> I, like, I, I just wasn't. Wah, wah, it's just one wah. of those sports I never caught on to. You know, um, It's fair. I can watch it. I can understand it. I understand the rules. I just was never very good at tennis. It's all right. I'm horrible at volleyball, so I guess it evens <laughs> out. <laughs> So I guess speaking of sports, if you could turn any activity into an Olympic sport, and it can be anything, but it can't be a sport, what would you have a good chance of winning a medal in? Ooh, um, hmm. that's a that's a good question. Um, I would say, hmm. Okay, it can't be a sport because football is not a Olympic sport. Um, um, I would say probably cutting grass. Oh my god! Cutting gosh, grass, man. Dad vibes over here. Hey, hey I'm a dad. <laughs> cutting, cutting grass, grass. and tri- trimming edges. I, I think I did a fine job yesterday out there on my lawn. My, my lawn. Uh, neighbors came out and looked and gave me the head nod. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> That. They're gonna be like telling dad jokes and be like, "Well, it took you a while to find one earlier, but all right." Hilarious. I love that. All right. What is something that a lot of people aspire to be famous for that you would not want to be famous for? Oh, jeez. What is Kim Kardashian famous for again? Uh, yeah. I mean, you're probably kind that. of attractive. No. <laughs> I would say uh, whatever Kim Kardashian is famous for, that's not the route I would like to go. Hmm. So copy that. <laughs> <laughs> anything personal, anything that helps me or makes me divulge my, my personal um, family or, or, or any intimate relationships. That's not. I don't want no parts of that. No, thank you. That was actually a pretty good answer. I was waiting for like. A sport or like going to the moon or something. So. That wouldn't want to be famous one. <laughs> I don't know. Going to the moon. I don't know. I'm not sure if I'd ever want to go out high up, but but um, uh, those are those are key accomplishments. Mm, fair enough. What is worth spending more on to get the best? What is worth spending more on to get the best? To get the best, like some kind of quality product or service where you're like people like pay less money like yeah whatever but you're like no i won't compromise on hmm. paying less it's here. a good question um i would say good tailored suit okay. good tailored suit and the reason why i say that is because image means a lot in our community mm-hmm. you know um a man wearing a good tailored suit a good quality suit 
sends a message without you having to say a word. That's fair. Yeah. Good, nice soup. What's like a good price for a soup then? Ooh, I've spent, I spent over a grand on soups before. Oh man. You know, so, but, but I, I feel like it's worth it. Yeah. That's within my price range. You know, that, that I saved up too. Uh, I remember the, um, one of the larger bonuses I got in my previous job. Yeah. I spent, I spent over a grand on a soup, um, to get tailored just right, to fit just right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, actually more than one, you know, so, um, I've, I've done that few times but i feel like they've come in handy they've helped me get jobs they've helped me um mm. I, I travel for um i'm very active in my fraternity as well mm. and so i go to a lot of conferences and so they've come in handy and, and they they help speak for me you know um mm. in those different settings professional settings fair enough all right uh what book has had the most impact on you mm. Maybe I should say this question. for later. Great question. Because I'm a reader. You know, so um, the first thing that comes to mind, and I would say one of my favorite books, if you start reading about uh, how to become a better person, will be Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, it's the first time I've ever thought about how thoughts can become things. How what you put out in the universe can be materialized by the law of action. Mm. You know, um, so... They Can Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, I think, is a cornerstone book that almost everybody should have on their bookshelf. Start oh there. Gosh. Well, good thing I don't have my bookshelf down here, so you can't <laughs> see that I don't have that book on my shelf, but sounds like a good one. Uh, what is the most interesting talent you've seen or heard of? Interesting talent that I've ever seen or heard of? Man, these questions. Um interesting talent that I've ever seen or heard of. Ooh. Are you looking for like some type of Guinness Book of World Records type stuff or just sure. just in general? Could be anything. Okay. All right. So I forget the, the, the guy's name, but it was, it was an Asian fellow who, who he was real skinny, but he, he won the, the, the hot dog eating contest. Oh, okay. You know that's what I'm talking good, about? Yeah, that's a good one. All right. The, 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 he wasn't out of shape at all. You would think someone like that would be out of shape, who who would be not, not not ready for something like that, being as skinny and small as he was, but he he perfected the craft of eating hot dogs to win the competition, not necessarily not necessarily um, out of gluttony, mm-hmm. but out of practice and skill. Yeah, he, he he won the competition. I was actually talking to my family about this. It was probably about a month or two ago about hot dog eating contests. I was like, yeah, no, thank you, but they'll like train themselves up yeah. and it's yep. crazy it's it like, is it's oh. a sport that they treat it just like anyone would do any type of sport i couldn't do that that's just not my cup of tea but hey for him it worked out yeah they can have it <laughs> yeah all right i got three more questions all right what is the personality trait that you value um a lot but the first thing that comes to my mind would be um I would say trust. Trust. I would say trust. You know, so I'm trying to think in my mind that that's actually a trait, but um, but whatever goes and leads to trust is the foundation of any relationship. Hmm. You know, so you can't have a relationship, coworkers, friends, family, if there's not a foundation of trust. Hmm. You know, so um, you got to be able to to deliver on that. You know, so whenever whenever you have a relationship, you have to um, deposit more into that person's bank account. Then you, then you can um, ever expect to, you know, take out, hmm. you know, so th- th- that builds trust. All those little itty bitty 
it'd be pieces of stuff like me being here today. I said I'd be here. You know, so and I'm you here. You were early. You're like you know, so, 15, 20 minutes. Early. Yeah, and I thought I was gonna be late Psychopath. too. But, but anyway, right, so but still, you know, I, I would say trust. All right, I'm just gonna throw this one. What about one that uh, dislike or like uh, appalling trait? You're like, mm, where you just squint your eyes and. Um. I would say, the thing that I disvalue the most is really. And it's just the opposite of trust is someone who, who a liar, someone someone who's not not honest, you know, um, because that's that's a big, that's a what is the opposite of deposit, you know, it's a bit big withdrawal, you know. So once you lie to someone who after they've gained your trust, you know, or they thought they could trust you, you know, you lying or going behind someone's back or doing anything to 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 deceivious is that the word uh, deceit deceitfulness. It communicates um, the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So any form of deceit or lying and things like that, uh, dishonesty, I think I disvalue that because that's a big withdrawal uh, on the trust meter. It takes a while to build that back up. Fair enough. I guess I should have assumed you'd have gone the opposite route, but it's a fair point. Uh, Last two questions with the warm-up. And I have asked you this one before. I think this is during a before pre-shift meeting. Did OJ do it? Oh my goodness! Oh, this is a, that's a tough this one. This is a so so. Hype. This is this is. Did OJ do it? Ted's opinion, or did OJ do it? Like what actually happened? Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what actually happened. I mean, I guess we'll go Ted's opinion. Okay, cause. because he was found not guilty, in, in the court of law in this country. So he, um, yes. I can't do anything about that, you know. But in my opinion, uh, I played the fifth. <laughs> What was the other one? It was Ted's opinion and the other. Okay, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna answer you like this. It's not gonna be a yes or no because <laughs> this is like controversial. Yes. I'm gonna, especially in my time, like when I was younger and this was going on. Yeah, like you was, weren't even born yet. This but was before my this was time. This was huge. So this not, was huge. Not controversial for me. So, um, and I'm gonna, if you don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain to you why it was so controversial. But, I, yeah. Uh, I don't see how you could have that much evidence stacked up against an individual in the case of this magnitude and get off scot-free. You know, um, th- th- there's a big loophole in this country, uh, as, well, let's just say in this country's uh, judicial system, that if you have enough money, you can get off of anything. Mm. You know, and, and I think that's unfair. I think that needs to be fixed. And um, I don't think anyone should be absolved of committing a crime, no matter how much money you have. Mm. The evidence speaks for itself. I agree. Yeah. So, um... I'm going to backtrack a little bit and, and, and explain to you during that time why it was so controversial. In the black community, mm. we've been over history of time, you know, uh, in, the, in this country. Yep. Um, we've been sentenced to a lot of crimes that we did not commit. Mm-hmm. Uh, been uh, wrongly justified, been, been killed, been um, treated unjustly by the judicial system of this country for a lot of time, for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. I think of uh, the Emmett Till situation, you know, where, where those killers got, got off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of um, uh, countless times uh, a person of African-American descent has been locked up, you know, um, unjustly, you know, been executed. Countless names that we, we, we could go through, a few that we might know that you've seen in a movie or two. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's the first famous one I think of is the, the boxer, remember that movie uh, um, that they had. Um, you know, um, Denzel Washington was in it. I think he played he played the the boxer. Uh, his name escapes me at the moment, but there's been countless 
examples like that to where there it wasn't that black people were happy that a murderer got um, off. They were happy to see a black man not be convicted. It was a symbol. It was a symbol to the black community that, hey, after all these years of being falsely accused, being mm-hmm. locked up um, against our will for things we didn't do, mm-hmm. you finally get a taste of your own medicine when the system didn't work for you. Ah. You know, so so it, it wasn't a, we stand behind OJ, more as a, it's a symbol of what happened in the community for so many years. You know, it was more of a symbolic thing because mm-hmm. in the black community, ask how many black people really care about OJ. Not many. Fair Not enough. many. He turned his back on the black community years before that murder even happened. Mm-hmm. You know, so no one's a huge OJ fan uh, unless he's playing football for their team. <laughs> right. You know, but, but from a personality state, um, he turned his back on the black community um, way before that even happened. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, it wasn't the fact that we loved OJ. It was the fact that uh, he, he um, the system didn't work um, in the opposite's favor. Fair enough, yeah. Some, no. Symbolic. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, I got one more question for in the warm-up. What is the best compliment you've ever received? <sighs> um, best compliment. I'm trying not to be so superficial and say my smile or something. Um... I've had someone say that as their best compliment ever before. <laughs> I would say I've, I've had people tell me that that I'm a good leader, you know, and um, yeah. not, not all the time, you know, because I'm still striving, you know, I'm not the best I possibly could be. I, I work at it all the time, mm-hmm. but I've had a compliment alluding to that I know how to lead people and they appreciated that, you know, so I, I think that is a huge compliment mm-hmm. you know, because that's what I strive to do. Fair enough. That is your job to lead people, so I would value that compliment as well so all right well thank you ted congratulations you survived the warm-up yay that was smart (laughs) yep so we're going to take a quick brief commercial break to mention our sponsor and we'll be back to hear more from the ted harris all right welcome back everybody it's great to have you here and great to have ted here with us uh i guess i'll just start off with kind of our random common ground ish so when i went to high school i went to a school called lake center ted went to a school called cvca not that we were really in the same league but similar area random christian Mm -hmm. schools i don't know so i guess my first question about cvca is how terrible was it (laughs) i'm not gonna tell you how terrible it was because Cuyahoga valley christian academy shaped who i am today I no. just got to talk yeah. crap. Yeah, I remember Lake Center. I remember yeah. Lake Center. I, I think we played you guys in basketball. We played you guys in basketball. You I probably me- beat us pretty badly, I'm it sure. It was a game I looked forward to, for sure. Yeah. But 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 I remember in junior high more than high school playing you guys. Um, yeah. Well, you graduated in 2000, right? 2000. Yeah, Lake Center's first graduating class was 2007. So, oh. yeah, they uh, when you were in high school, we – didn't have well i guess i didn't go there at that time but they did not have a high school so it was oh kind of a, copy now i see yep. so it was just a junior high yep okay because i remember because i'll say i don't remember the high school at all yep but i remember the the junior high yep yeah technically i'm from uh springfield so oh, nice. uh, the fun i i love springfield but you know i love yeah. lake center too <laughs> so but yeah they yeah. uh we didn't get a high school until about 07 so yeah yeah so that's why I don't remember your high school, yeah. but but uh, but yeah. So so CVCA, Cuyahoga Valley Christian Academy. I owe them a lot of my upbringing, you know, um, good and bad. 
you know, so uh, mm-hmm. I'm just being honest. Yeah, sure. Um, I would say uh, some of the good, um, they, they teach you morals. Um, they, they teach you um, why we're called to be different in the world. You know, um, they, they give you a good footing on um, what it means to be a Christian in, in, in the world. You know, mm-hmm. so I went to one public school my entire life. That was, that was Kent State. You know, so, so I grew up in, in kind of a Christian school environment. So most of my friends um, growing all the way up from kindergarten to mm-hmm. high school, you know, were pretty much the same. Okay. You know, so, so I, I grew up in that type of environment. The, uh, the interesting thing about CVCA in my life is that I went to CVCA, which was predominantly white, Christian conservative. Yep. yep. But I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where it was a little bit different. We didn't talk about politics. Mm-hmm. Um, um, religion was a thing, but it was uh, mostly within our church. You know, okay. outside of the church, it was it was different. It was different. Let's put it like that. Okay. You know, so I, I got contrasting worldviews in my upbringing. You know, because of it. You know, so what were uh, some of the contrasts you saw? Um, like I said, CVCA growing up in that type of environment was um, very conservative. Uh, you know, um, like. like liberal in your other areas or um see liberal is not the word i mean it's tough to say liberal because yeah. you start thinking politics that's you fair. Know, I, okay. I would say kind of secular i think you can relate okay that's okay. that's a better so word, a little, yeah. little more secular okay. you know so yeah. uh where th- things happen that we would probably frown on in a cvca environment that mm. we're just every day uh, children out of wedlock drugs ah, gotcha. you know um things like that th- th- things that are more risk Okay. Um, in CVCA, which is a little more buttoned up, you know. Um, so, looking back on it, I probably was a <laughs> when I CVCA didn't understand some of the things that I liked, and then when I went to my friends in my neighborhood or, or just just around where I lived, mm-hmm. they didn't understand how, how I talked. They didn't understand. Um, they didn't understand my, my stance on things. Okay. You know, so, uh, for example, a, a lot of um, a lot of guys were into like alcohol. Okay. I didn't taste alcohol until I was in college. Okay. You no, know, but but a lot of my friends around the neighborhood, they they, they would be into it. You know, I I just I just didn't. I didn't smoke doing any of that type of stuff. Mm. You know, so it was just a it's a different time. You know, so. What was like the geographical location of the neighborhood you grew up in? So I grew up the first couple of, several years of my life on Nome Avenue, which is off of Copley. Okay. Uh, yeah, co- I know close to, yeah. 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 Close to Bookdale High School. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, um, and then my father um, built my mom a house on McTaggart, which is right out right off of at the time it was um, Roaming Road. Now it's V Odom, you know, down the street from Willow Acres Mall. Okay. Yeah. Probably yep. too young. It, but that's currently, the Amazon, right? <laughs> currently, that's where AKC One is. Hey. Yeah. 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 So, so li- literally, my mom's house is about maybe a three minute drive, mm-hmm. you know, from there. So, so right down the street. You know, so um grew up there. But ultimately, um, it was like mom went home. I, I was around mostly black kids, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then went to school. It was a mix. It was mostly, it was a mostly about 80-20. Okay. So. Uh, how did you find yourself more in the uh, more reserved private school environment? How did I find myself there? Or how did your, like, how did, I don't know, just because you grew up in a less 
private school like neighborhood yeah. like they just parents are like hey um, go here or well but my i grew up in a, in, a, in a pretty christian home my mom is a pretty mm-hmm. pretty devout christian woman you okay. know and so is my father you know so i i, I grew up with those morals and, and those values in my home okay you know so um, they sent me there because they wanted me to have the best education I possibly could get, or okay. also was grounded in, in, in the belief system that they that they valued. Fair enough. You know, so for, for our house, um, I actually was going to leave CVCA after my junior high year, my eighth grade year. Oh. I was going to go to Firestone because I thought I was going to be a basketball star. You know, so mm. believe it or not, you know, so All my right. my father was six thirty, believe it or not, you know, and so basketball was my first love. And um, I was going to transfer to Firestone, you know, but he ended up getting sick and, and then got a scholarship from CVCA, mm. you know, and um, ended up staying there, ended up staying there. My friends were there, you know, but it was a blessing, blessing in disguise. I'm glad I, I stayed and, and graduated from Chicago Valley Christian Academy, mm. um, class of 2000. Go Royals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> They're gonna be like, oh, junior high, this and that. And be like, well, it's junior high. Nobody has a good junior high year. But I know. It, it, I actually had a great junior high year. Oh, you man, know, seventh and eighth you. grade. Man, all in all, I love CVCA. I'll rep yeah. it to this day. Mm. There are some things that I wish were different. Like, like, like oh, there's no matter what organization you're in. Yeah. Whenever you're in a privatized school, they, you don't see the other side. You know, okay. so so like, there, for example. Um, there was one way or the highway. Um, we had a government yep. class, and just as a quick, yep, we had a government class where um, there was I don't know who your listeners are, if anyone from CVCA is listening, but but uh, I never forget that government class. I actually loved the class, but the teacher hated me. <laughs> he, he could not, Uh-oh. he would not give me A for anything, and it was very subjective. It was not based on the right or wrong answers. It was based on how you answered it, you know. And he was very, very right, right winged. You know, uh, uh, conservative mm-hmm. uh, gentleman. I don't even think he's. I don't think he's there any longer. But, but um, he just. I think he. I think he assumed I was liberal, and I grew up in a very liberal ho- household, mm-hmm. uh, where politics wasn't discussed that often in my house. Yeah. You know, but he, I think he assumed that, and nothing I could do was good enough for him. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't fail the class or anything, but I'm like, man, I, I would do some of my best work, and he would give me a C. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Oh, I'm like, I'm, I, I was, I was, I'll never forget that, you know. Um, and and, and th- that's where I started feeling like um, discrimination a little bit. Uh, you know, so so he, th- th- I mean, it's just some of those things that I don't think they do it on purpose there, you know. And again, I, I, I love the experience that I had, mm-hmm. but there are some there are some um, segments of that type of school system mm-hmm. that that are unintentionally biased. You know, so there's a lot of um, preconceived notions um, that you don't know how you're affecting people if you don't step back and take a look on what you're saying and how you're saying it to certain individuals. Gotcha. I think the Amazon term would be unconscious bias, right? That's not an Amazon term. That's that's an actual... Oh, it is? Yeah, (laughs) that's an actual thing. So um, I think unconscious bias is real. Mm. And um, I am trying not to be a deliverer of that, but definitely have been a receiver. Mm. Gotcha. So it would be like the example of some random private school drama, just like someone like didn't have their uniform buttoned up all the way. Or <laughs> so drama. <laughs> private school. There was a, lot, a ton of drama, like any other high school, mm. like any other high school. Fair like enough. the yeah, we had to wear uniforms. 
But when I was growing up, we didn't have to wear uniforms really till like the last year. So like like junior high through about ninth grade, I believe, we could wear like church clothes, regular church clothes, mm. like like button ups. Then they slacks. introduced uniforms like your senior year. Actually, I mean we we didn't like it, but I look back on it and say that was probably the best thing to do. You know, so because it, it it just there was no competition. There was just everyone wore maroon or green shirts and slacks, and, and, and it was cheaper. So my son Fair wears enough. a uniform now where the school he goes to. So it's everyone's the same except for their shoes, maybe. Gotcha. You know, so it's all good. How old is your son again? He's five. Five. Yeah. All right. w- what sports is he playing these days? So he just finished up with soccer. You know, only hey, yeah. for sports he uh, played was uh, t-ball and soccer as of right now. So. Gotcha. Like when it comes to football, I know people would probably ask, assume I put him in football. But that's going to be a decision that he's going to make for himself. Mm. You know, so I understand how much of a violent sport it is, mm-hmm. and I don't want to put him in that sport unless he wants to do it. You know, Fair so enough. he has to say, "Dad, I want to play football." Gotcha. And right now, he's not at that stage where where he, he can articulate that. But mm. yeah. Fair enough. What about your daughter? Any sports you think she might be into? Um, we're <laughs> gonna put her. <laughs> we're gonna put her in the same route. You know, so um. We're going to go probably T-ball, soccer, and just figure out what she likes. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but again, she's zero right now. So we'll, we'll figure that out as time goes on. Gotcha. And then what about this uh, in- football-ending injury that you mentioned earlier? Yes, So, yes. like, what was – paint the scene for us. Mm. You, like, fighting someone out there and they kicked you in the leg No, it was – so this – we were in a conference. CVCA is no longer in this conference. But um, there's another school in the conference. It was just competitive. It was a Cleveland school called Lutheran East. Mm. And um, the year before, we beat them up pretty good. You know, um, I, I rushed for 191 yards, mm. two touchdowns. One of those was a uh, like a 60-yard touchdown I ripped on them. So they – and I won offensive MVP of the league. So mm. the, And they had another player on their team who, who was a really good offensive player. And he um, coached his son, really good athlete. And uh, th- so we were really competitive. We we're really close. Two top, two of the top teams in the league. Um, they didn't. They did not want to lose to us. Um, so, painting the scene of that night, you know, it was. Um, I knew that team liked to go after my legs a lot. You know, so so the, the, seriously, enough, like, they, yeah. they used to go after my legs. So yeah. I was very very cautious of them uh, trying to do sweep me. You know, um, and back then you you could do that with no penalties. You mm-hmm. know, so back in the late nineties, so. Um, the I used to return kicks, so I returned a kick for about. I didn't take it all the way to the house, but I returned it. It was a good return to, to about, about, about to the forty yard line, our forty yard line. It was about a 25, 30 yard return. And the first play of our series, it was a um, it was a stretch run to the left, and I was on the bottom of the pile, and I um, trying to get up like normal, and I heard a snap. Oh. And wow. um, I looked back, and my foot was pointed the other direction. I was on the ground. The whole crowd stopped. And I, I thought I was the only one saying that everyone gasped and was staring. Mm. I could only hear myself. I was like, I was just <laughs> screaming. And I, I could hear. I, could, I saw my coach. He, he, his mouth was wide open. And I uh, kind of find out uh, later that um, it was intentional. Yeah, that, oh, I'm sure it yeah, was. Yeah. It was intentional. Like, they – the, during track season, I was still in, in, uh, on crutches at that time because mm-hmm. um, I had to have two surgeries. But 
some of those guys were, were talking around my sister, my younger sister, who actually attended the same school, didn't realize that was my sister, and was um, talking about, oh, yeah, how they took me out and all that stuff. And she found out that they, they had um, done it intentionally. And thinking back on it, probably was. Probably was. Yeah, I mean, I didn't play football in high school, but uh, I feel like I heard once that usually sometimes it's like a badge of like honor to be able to take someone out or something like that. It shouldn't be. Shouldn't be, but you know, it's yeah, it, it, it's. I, I tell you, it, it, it's it's a game of character building. You know, um, um, people that play it that way, you know, should be banned, in my opinion. But fair enough. Um, it's dirty play. Unfortunately, is a part of the game. The, 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 I have scars on me right now from dirty plays, you know, for, uh, in college, high school. I remember in high school being called the N-word in piles, um, sure. being raked in the eyes, spit on, all types of craziness. And the, the things that happened in those piles, uh, you wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe. I bet. I bet. And then uh, you mentioned having a sister. How many siblings do you have? Three. Two older sisters and one younger sister. So the only only guy growing up in a house full of sisters. All right. Yeah. Cool, Probably cool, cool. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I'd have something in the moment, but I got nothing. My two older sisters are half sisters. Yeah. You know, one okay. of them, one of them I haven't seen over ten years. Oh. Okay. Spoke, spoke to her. Um, my second eldest sister, she lives here in Pickerington. Um, she has three kids, husband, and um, she she does pretty well for herself. She writes children's books now. Okay. Uh, my youngest sister started her own business. Um, she has an MBA from Ohio State. Um, just got back into the country, but man, maybe two years ago now. So, but right before the pandemic, she she came back to the country, doing kind of like a not a study abroad, but, but kind of like a a work abroad program oh, for man. entrepreneurs. You know, she she owns her own marketing firm now. So what are you doing with your life? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, so, yeah. My sisters are, are, are extremely intelligent. I'm very proud of them. You know, um, things awesome. that they do. That's awesome. That's awesome. So going on a bit, uh, shifting kind of more towards the college focus now. So you went to Malone for, what, a year, two years? Um, Two football seasons, about, about a year and a half. A year and a half. Yeah. And, then went, and then finished up at Kent State. Yeah. So. Oh, that's the same thing I asked about CBCA. So how terrable were they? <laughs> Kent State? Um, you know, are you talking about Kent State or Malone? Why not all? I just got a bash on Malone. everything. Jesus Christ. Come on, Wade. So, <laughs> I'm um, just I would say Malone. <sighs> okay. So here's my situation. I go to Malone. It was just like a CBCA college. Yep. Love CBCA. It made me who I am. Mm-hmm. But it was very sheltered. You know, that's how I felt when I got to Malone. Okay. You know, so um, um, we had chapel every Monday, and, and it's just couldn't have girls in your room, and, yep. and just all, all that type of stuff. Yep. You know, things that you would think of in a Christian school. Yep. Um, which is, I knew what I was getting myself into, you know, because I've been used to that my entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it was nothing new. But, but I knew um, – Playing for the school, I love my teammates. Still talk to some of my teammates to this day from Malone. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I was watching Monday Night Football. And one of the players on the team played at Malone. You know, they, they announced Malone was one of the first time I've heard Malone College mentioned on TV. But really? but, um, but yeah, oh. so one of the receivers from from the Colts. Hmm. But but anyway, so um, I just wanted to change. You know, I That's had been fair. in that environment my entire life, um, and never had. I knew at that moment either I was going to jump. Figure this out, or I was going to stay doing the exact what I was supposed to do 
my entire life, you know. Mm-hmm. So I took the opportunity to to try something different, you know. And, and, and be honest with you, I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I did. It exposed me um, to something different, you know. Gave me opportunities. Uh, it, it tested my mettle in terms of um, okay, h- how well did my parents raise me, right? You know. Mm-hmm. So so yes, I made mistakes. Yes, um, I, I did the right things at times, you know, but I felt more detached, more of a test of life, you know, being at Kent State than I would have been at Malone. That's fair. You know, uh, because it, it was just like, hey, I prepared all my life to be away from home, to do the right thing, preparing for the world, and I need to be in a place that's more like the world than, than Malone. Malone was a little more sheltered. That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So I guess speaking of being in the the world, that's a very Christian esque term to use. Yeah, but, uh, but you but know what I mean. I get the point. Yeah, yeah, I went to Cedarville, so. But uh, this question actually comes from Brody Davis, dropping the homies chat. He said, Brody. "I want to hear about his frat days." I knew he was going to ask so. that. So, so um, so I pledged Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. You know, um, it was the first um, Greek letter black organization founded in 1906, Ithaca, New York. You know, um, my father also was an alpha, you know, so a, oh, okay. a really, a really, um, big part of my life, you know, um, so I pledged late, later in my, um, my, my collegiate career, you know, so I was a junior about to be a senior. So, um, it was a little bit later. So I would say my college life was a mixture of good community service, good events on campus and partying. So the partying was there. there so go. one of our models is party hard, stay up late. Most of all, we graduate. So so we <laughs> hey. were we were known to have you know um, uh, one of the highest GPAs on campus. Okay. And um, just schoolwork, um, um, education. That's kind of what we tend to uh, hang our hats on. You know. So so we, we tend to be yes, we're, we're the nerds. Uh, Nerd. of the, so it's a part of a divine nine. You know. Mm. So that's. Uh, what the black Greek letter organizations call themselves, the Divine Nine. You know, so you have Alphas and you have Kappas, Omegas, Sigmas, and the um, the Iotas. Um, for the women, they have the AKAs, the Deltas, and Sigma Gamma Rose. You know, so um, together they're, they're called the Divine Nine. Okay. And we all kind of have our. I'm not going to get too far into it because I'm not sure who your listeners are, but the, um, we all have kind of like our stereotypes, or whatever. Yeah, you know, uh, of, of what you think of when you think of an alpha, and the first thing you think of as an alpha is, is an educated, like business type individual, and that's what I wanted to be associated with. Mm. You know, um, I looked at the community service that they're involved in. I looked at um, the different things, the events they put on campus, and all of it aligned with what type of person I am. And I'm a part of the graduate chapter. I just finished up a term as vice president of the graduate chapter here in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, okay. You know, so I'm um, no longer doing that, but still active in the graduate chapter where I can. Mm. Yeah, so I think I remember, uh, I don't know if you missed a day of work for it or something, but I remember hearing you doing something with your uh, fraternity recently. So I was like, oh, wow, didn't you graduate like 100 years ago? So the, fu- <laughs> the funny thing is, like, like the difference between I'm just gonna call it what it is the difference between white fraternities and black fraternities, like you pledge for life in this fraternity, you know. So I'll never not be an alpha, you know. The the in, in what I've noticed with, with, with white fraternities mm-hmm. is that they do it for college, ah. you know. So so I, I this is a lifetime commitment for us, 
You know, so um, I mean, I have fraternity brothers in her in nineties, nineties, you know, eighties. Yeah. You know, so this fraternity was founded in nineteen oh six. So um, Martin Luther King, that's my frat brother. You know, okay. Um, it, it just just some of the ones that you may know. Um, remember Stuart Scott that was on ESPN. Some of my frat brothers. Um, gotcha. And the list goes on and on. You know about Alpha Phi Alpha and the contributions we we um, have given to the country and the world, and I'm a part of the organization. And really, my my affiliation with the fraternity has helped my professionalism and how I speak and how I present myself. It's helped me with my leadership skills. I want to be the man I am today if I was for the fraternity. I tell you, and I t- and I mean this: um, God, family, and fraternity. You know, um, that, that, those are the best decisions I've ever made. You know, accepting the Lord, you know, marrying my wife, mm-hmm. and pledging Alpha Phi Alpha. Amen. It's the Trinity of Essentials, right? Exactly. Can that's the phone wall and keys, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, because I I was I actually was never in a fraternity, so I was like, oh cool, yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but uh, so did both your parents go to college? Because you mentioned yes. your dad. Okay. So my father, he graduated from University of Akron, boo. Hey, and then, Akron <laughs> U. Yeah, we're, and then my mother, she went to Michigan State. Okay. All right, boo, Michigan, but all right. Yeah, she's from Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Akron was uh, – actually, I think I would have gone to Kent State before Akron. But my on God. my list of, of list of colleges, if everybody rejected me, Akron was on my list. So Definitely. But, uh, okay, uh, and then what did you graduate with specifically? Marketing Communications. A, uh, Marketing and Communications or Marketing Communications? Marketing and Communications. Oh, double major over yeah. here. Nerd. <laughs> Did you minor in anything too? Uh, I tried, but but no, I didn't graduate with a minor. That's all good. I tried to go for an IT minor, and it was too much for me. So no. I totally understand. Um, so what would you say uh, from your time in college? I don't know. Usually, going from college to the workforce, I consider that like to me that I mean, I'm always gonna be a kid, but that was kind of where the transitioning of my childhood to all right, workforce now. So what would you say are some good lessons uh, that you'd say that you? I say, hey, these are some important lessons I learned here, here, and here. I would say, number one, don't rush it. If I could go back and do some things over, I probably would have. You know, um, if you have in your mind to go to graduate school, go to grad school. You know, so the workforce is going to be here. You know, it's going to be here. You know, um, I wouldn't say, like, I left for, hey, I need to make money now. I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm ready for this now. I didn't have a good view of what life was about when I left college mm. you know so um, I left thinking okay I'm, I'm a graduate now I don't need to go to grad school right now I can always do that online and kick, kick the, the, the can down the road and and I'll get back to it I'll, I'll find time I'll find okay. time you know so um, I, th- I think that was a mistake mm. if I could go back I would go to, to grad school immediately you know um, and then because okay. there, there's time you have time you have time to be an adult you know, um, these experiences, you're going to have them. You know, life will teach you about life. You know, um, so, so there's really no, no, no rush, you know, um, in terms of making money and things like that. I mean, money, you can always make money, you know, um, but, but time you can never get back. Hmm. You know, so, so I would definitely say take your time, figure out what you, exactly what you want to do. Don't take a job because it's a job. You know, I would take a job based on um, – I don't know how many chess players you have out there listening, but but look two moves ahead. You know, so so it's not about the moves now. We're not playing checkers. 
Um, life is like chess. You know, you have to look two, three moves, four moves ahead. You know, so um, if you can't see yourself in, in, in the in the job after your job, it's probably not the place for you. Interesting. Okay. Do you read the chess thing in a book, or did you just? Oh no, I'm a chess player too. Yeah. So oh, so. Nerd. No. <laughs> the world's biggest dork sitting no, no, here no. with me. But. I'm sure that's been used, but that, that's just my good analogy. Well, if you ever write a book, you should throw that in there. <laughs> So I guess one last question. So um, how would you say college prepares one for the workforce? Because usually like having a college degree will help you get ahead, all that. Like what are some ways in the process of getting that degree that you feel like prepared you? So college is what you make it. College is what you make it. You know, so you can gain experiences. You can gain interpersonal skills, you know, but you have to be willing to put in that work. Um, if you go to college and never are involved in any organizations and don't do anything outside of just your classes, you know, I don't think college is going to prepare you for the workforce, mm. you know, but you have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone in the confines of university, you know, to be ready for the workforce because the workforce will kick you, you know, so um, it's not about one thing that I think that people, people misconstrue coming straight out of college is that I did my time. Now they owe me. <laughs> No one owes you anything. Like you have to work and stand out. You know, so I've noticed in my career careers, I guess, um, the most talented person doesn't always get the job. The most talented person doesn't always get it. You know, so it's about rela building relationships. It's about building relationships, um, um, understanding um, what matters to to the right person. You know, and executing. You know, so uh, I'm not saying you have to be pompous. You know, but you have to understand um, what matters to who and who that right person is. You know, so mm -hmm. just because you're the smartest on the block and you know how to do it better than the other person, what has the other person done to get that edge over you? What relationship has that person form formulated that you didn't? You know, so um, it's all about relationships, I'll tell you. Hmm. Fair enough. Uh, ah, okay, yeah, no, I already got that one. So going from the workforce or uh, – Sorry, going from college to the workforce, how was that transition? Because I know you worked at Kroger for a for while. Me? Okay. Yeah. Did you start there? Did you work somewhere else first? Like, how was that? All right, I'm graduated. Now what? The funny thing is, yeah, I, I um, my family. I grew up in a real estate business, you know. So I, I bought I bought my first house after I graduated. Oh, you know, okay. Um, well, luckily, it was just because my mom. She she had my mom and dad. You know, built a business. You know, to where I, I was lucky. You know, so I got a house for cheap. Okay. Yeah, up in Akron, bought it, lived in it, um, had a roommate, shouldn't have done that. That was a mistake, but, but, but still, um, did that, and I worked for Dillard's at the time. Okay, you know, it's kind of like Macy's in Akron. Okay, yeah. and um, that that was a mistake. Um, like I said before, if I could go back and do things over again, I probably would have stayed in school uh, and got my master's degree immediately following undergrad. You know, but. I wanted to get in the workforce. I wanted to make money. I wanted to prove that that I'm ready to start my career. I get you that. know, yeah. so um, I didn't go that route. Um, I went to straight into the workforce. So worked for Dillard's. Um, nothing's fancy, smancy. I, I worked in, in. I sold shoes basically. You know, um, the funny thing is, um, again, I said I'm from Akron. Funny thing about that, um, I remember, <laughs> I remember Mrs. Joyce came in 
uh, to see me one time. I was a part of an organization called Cats. Have you ever heard of Cats? Uh, I know of the Con- animal. <laughs> <laughs> Concerned about teen sexuality. Okay. Well, we used to go. We used to go around schools in high school, and um, teach people about uh, saving yourself from marriage and, and, okay. and, and things like that. Okay. So, um, anyway, Mrs. Joyce was um, one of the instructors or leaders of the organization. She came in to Delaware to buy some shoes. She saw me. Said, "Hey, Teddy, what are you doing?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "I just graduated." Blah blah blah. So, Mrs. Joyce is married to Drew Joyce, who is LeBron's high school basketball coach. You know, so they just happened to be starting a, the new LeBron James classic because he had just, at that time, just maybe two or three years in the league okay. you know, mm-hmm. and um, was trying to start this tournament, which is now like a world-famous huge tournament now. Mm-hmm. But but they were just starting it up back then and asked me be, to be the um, marketing coordinator for it because of my degree. You know, so um got an opportunity to do that. And, uh, yeah, that was fun. Actually, that was probably the last time I've seen LeBron in person, you know, well, mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. You know, back, back then. But um, but it, him, his coach, uh, Drew Joyce, I know that family well. You know, um, they, they watched out for me back then. And then before the tournament even started, I, I got the job with Kroger. And, um, yeah, I took the job with Kroger because my, 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 my objective was to get to Columbus. You know, there really wasn't hey. anything going on in Akron. Okay. Uh, at the time, you know, I'm not sure what's going on now. What uh, well, what year did you graduate again? Two thousand five. Oh five. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I got the job with Kroger in about two thousand six. I was so I graduated in like August of two thousand five. Got the job with Kroger in March of two thousand six. You know, so my whole objective was to get to Columbus. Uh, one of my fraternity brothers worked for Kroger. You mm-hmm. know, still does to this day. And um, he said, you're looking for a job? And I know we're hiring. You know, so it was a professional environment, a professional job, a real mm-hmm. salary. You know, I was ready to start life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I was. I, I wasn't. Again, I, if I could go back in time, I would have done things differently. But thought I was ready to go. And um, that's how I ended up here. It's a good place to be. I mean, I love me some Akron, but I do love <laughs> me some Columbus, too. Yeah, Columbus is great. I love it here. Gotcha. Cool. Um, so how was your, like, I guess how was your first year of experience on it? Because usually they say the first year is like the most rough or the most adjusting. Yeah, it hit me in the mouth pretty hard. I'll be honest. Um, the reason why is because when you're a young 23, 24 year old, you know, and now you're tasked to, um, and you know what? A lot of people could probably relate to this, but when you're tasked to, to manage adults, you know, people that have been in the company for 20 plus years mm-hmm. and they know that you're a, a recent college graduate they know you got the job because of your your new fancy fancy degree. Yep. You know they treat you differently, and I wasn't ready for that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I I got a lot of pushback, yeah. um, because um, whether they want to admit it or not, I'm a young black kid with just a fancy degree yep. that thinks he's better than them. You know, so and I've been here for 20 years. And he hasn't proved himself. I'm teaching this kid the business. Yep. It was tough. It was I tough, bet. but necessary. So I would say. Any college profession, uh, anybody coming out straight out of college that, that, that's going to manage people is probably going to run into that. You know, um, and you would have thick skin. You really do. You know, when you're managing people and really know your stuff, be humble. Oh, my goodness. Be humble. Luckily, with our team, uh, I would say every one of the young women and young men on our team has got that humble attitude. Mm. Uh, I've I not once seen anyone come in straight out of college from you to Caleb to, to Brody, none of you guys have come in, AJ, have come in like, 
I know everything. I'm the boss. Yeah. You guys have all humbled yourself and be like, maybe I don't know this. Let me ask about that. Let me yep. dig deeper. You know, that that's the type of attitude you need to be successful as a young leader. Yeah. You know, um, that, that humble attitude to understand that you don't know everything in the world and, and be willing to learn. And all of you, I'm very, very impressed that this team has had that attitude. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I know for me, like I had the bit of the advantage of like, I came in when the building we work at launched. So even though I only had like a few months of tenure, I could still be like, oh, well, but like I know for some of the newer managers, it's, well, as it's, not easy. Said, it's like, it's not easy. It's not easy. So, um, so what would you, uh, uh, what was, so you went through training at Kroger, Amazon, what was like the general training, like starting as a manager or did they just kind of throw you into it? You're talking about at Kroger? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the general training, um, like with anything else, well, I will say this about Kroger. They had about a nine-week training program. Okay. You know, so where you, you would go into the uh, Western Hall office, and they, they would go over certain concepts, and then you would go out to a training store. You come back. But you got to remember, Kroger was founded in 1887. And, and so, oh, yeah. That's the same year old, Cedarville was founded. Hilarious. <laughs> but, but, but still, old company. Yeah. You know, uh, they, they've been through the ropes of what works and not work. Yep. And the, at the time that, that I had, my mom, at the time I got with the company, um, they, they had had a hold on market share for years. Mm -hmm. You know, they were kings at the time, similar to what Amazon is now. Yep. So they, they had money to spend on that type of program. Mm -hmm. You know, um, things are different now. You know, we'll get to that later. Gotcha. But 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 um, but still. So at the time, the management training program was was very good. Very. You good. know, so I'll say it was very good. That's good. G gave us the opportunity to go to different stores work with different leaders, see different styles, you know, and uh, prepared us um, for our, when we got our own stores, mm -hmm. you know, as assistant managers, you know, so um, they were training assistant managers. So I would say looking back on it, I, I definitely took it for granted mm -hmm. because that training was, was top notch. What were some details about just like how to interact with people or like the technical so stuff? Some of the stuff is very hard to deal with. Like you can't, you can't teach how to respond to certain situations. Mm -hmm. You can expose people to it. But how they personally respond, that's something that's something that your value system is going to or life is going to teach you. Mm. you know, um, but I would say it was mostly mechanics. It was okay. mostly about how to do this, what to do if that type, you know, uh, meetings, uh, schedules. It, it really was a more it gave you time to mess up, if you will. You know, okay. So nine weeks. Think about it. Like if you had nine weeks of Amazon manager training. Um, where they teach you everything about everything. Um, so it will be two weeks in the field, like a week in an office setting, two weeks in the field, a week in the office setting. See what I'm saying? Was that like a five-day work week, eight hours? Five or? hours, yeah. Well, back then, yes. For, for trainees, yes. It, it was five hours, sometimes five and a half days, I mean. Mm -hmm. uh, days, I said hours. Uh, five, five and a half days. Um, I would like to say eight, but it's mostly like ten. You know, yeah. just just because of the nature of the business. Gotcha. What was like the typical day in the life as? Because as an Amazon manager, I have my experiences, but I assume Kroger was totally different. The day of the life. Are you talking about when I was first started, or just in just in general? Let's do uh, just like you're established. This is the expectation because training, obviously everything's kind of either all over the place. You're learning things, but once you're at that point of, Hey, I'm more established. 
what would you generally expect from your day-to-day business? I would tell you from a from an assistant manager standpoint, you know, and um, you, you're expected to number one thing in that type of environment, a retail environment, is sales. Okay. And cost, you know. So one thing that Kroger taught me, being in the stores, was really how to manage labor and cost, you know, and hit sales. Okay. You know, so it all the lifeblood of the business is sales. So what comes with that? Making sure the store is stocked, making sure things are rotated, make sure the customers are happy, make sure your store is clean, you know, all that type of stuff. Um, so that's the lifeblood of the business is, is definitely sales, and then really trying to manage. Your, your costs along with that um, in terms of overtime, in terms of um, what do you do if if um, too many cashiers call off? You know, so, so do you offer overtime? Or do you train more cashiers? Is everyone cross-training in the department? You know, so do you have grocery people? One thing that we had to deal with there that we don't have to deal with here is also you have to manage a union. You know, so, so it's a very union uh, organization. So you have to understand what you can and can't do, and, and it comes to the union, you know. So, um, yeah, that, that that was a challenge to get used to as well, you know, especially um, coming from the outside, you know. But um, to be honest with you, once you get used to it, it is what it is, mm-hmm. you know. So I learned a lot being a part of a union environment, mm-hmm. you know, to where not being a part of it now, you know, there's some good and some bad, you know. It teaches you structure. Mm-hmm. You know, but also th- th- there's some individuals who've been a part of the union for long enough that know how to take advantage in a negative way uh, of some of the benefits they offer. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess like any system that you are part of, you learn the ins and outs where you can loopholes and all that, just like any organization. Yeah. Uh, so going from kind of transitioning from Kroger to Amazon, because you've been with Amazon for a little bit now, or actually quite a bit, I guess. Yeah, uh, a year and a half. Year and a half. So what was that point where you're like, all right, well, I see Wade over there working there. I'm going to go join his team, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, the transition from Kroger to Amazon, what you mean what made me move or just what was the transition like in general? I was going to start with where where did it start like, huh, I, I want to decide to move over to Amazon okay. and then the process that followed. So – like I said, when I first started, when I first joined Kroger, they had a really a stronghold on market share, mm-hmm. you know, and it was really, they were really focused with market share at, at that company, you know, uh, meaning no one could touch them as far as grocery was concerned, you mm-hmm. know, so um, compare yourself to Walmart, compare yourself to Giant Eagle, things of that nature. And when it came to grocery, Kroger was number one in the country for a long time. Yep. Then Walmart got better. And I'll never forget the day that Amazon purchased Whole Foods. I'll never forget that day. Hmm. I know where I was and what I was doing. You know what the date is? I don't remember the date, but but I do remember I do remember what I was doing. You know, I was working for merchandising at the time, and I, I was like, man, that's a huge move, yeah. because Amazon was already killing it. You yeah. Know, uh, and, and for them to to step their foot into the the grocery arena, I knew things were going to change, and change they did. Mm-hmm. You know, so so they they started to they really shook up. Um, it shook up the grocery industry, mm. you know, b- based on what we were doing at the time. Um, what would that look like for me? Um, I had goals and aspirations while I was with Kroger, and all that changed. Mm. Uh, all that changed immediately after that, that that acquisition. And 
I almost felt like, and this is no disrespect to, to my journey or the people who still work there because I still love them. Oh, 100%, you know, but yeah. but um, it, it made it made me soul search <laughs> because um, they, they took they were taking resources to to translate that into more sales, which they needed to do, mm-hmm. but the stress level was out of this world, out of this mm-hmm. world, in terms of um, um what it took. Yeah. Like, like I, I was working in merchandising for about for several years, and then in order for me to take the next step in my career, I was asked to um, to, to run some stores, to go out back into the store system. And um, <laughs> one of my co-managers um, actually works for us now, and actually in our building. I'll, I'll leave her name uh, out of this, but 100%. I never forget my first day in the stores as a store manager. Her and the other two assistant managers they had at the time, they looked me square in the face and was like, why did you come out? I'll never forget that. Hmm. They, 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 I, I laughed it off, and they, they were dead serious. They're like, "Why did you come back out here?" It, it, it was that type of environment. Mm-hmm. It was so toxic. Um, that's, that's the best, the best way I can describe it. You, you, you felt like even when you had a good day, you felt like you didn't have a good day. Mm-hmm. You know, because there was always a constant robbing Peter to pay Paul. And I knew what my goal was, but I was starting to compromise my beliefs uh, to to get there. And I was like, "This is not me." Mm-hmm. You know, so. Um, and, it, and it wasn't me. It, it was the environment. It, it was the, the constant um, having explained to my people the reason why you don't have enough hours. <laughs> I, I got tired of trying to explain stuff that it was unexplainable. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, it was really the business. It was no one's, fa- no one's fault. Oh, you yeah. know, so uh, my bosses at the time did what they had to do, and I completely understood that. You know, but <sighs> a couple call-offs lead to if I want to get my sales today, I got to use overtime, which I know he yelled at, but which one do you want to yell at? I had to choose between that every day. Picking your losses. Picking who, what I want to get in trouble for today. You know, so it was never a good day. Amazon, completely different. Completely different. You know, so you can have a bad day and no one talks about it again. They talk about how we're going to win today. You know, like, yes, we reflect. Yes, we follow trends. You know, but... I never once in the year and a half I've been here I've had a Kroger day. You know, so I say that to say not everyone's experience is the same. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's I have friends there that are lifers and, and I mean no disrespect. 100%. You know, but um, there's lifers there, you know, that they're going to live and die with it and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that is perfectly fine. You know, but um, for, for, for my well-being, I, I had to get out. So if you're ever in a situation where you compromise your person, uh, it can be whatever job, you know, if, if, you're, if you're being asked to compromise who you are, um, uh, who you're, what your values are, uh, I would say that's a toxic work environment. Understood. So what about your transitioning into Amazon? Because, like, Amazon's a very tech company, all yeah. that. So because I, I still think I remember whether it's, like, your first or some day on the floor is, like, you – like Scott Chain showing you stuff. I was like, oh, yeah. this is going to be my boss. So <laughs> Yeah, I remember so like, that. Like, yeah. uh, how, was, how was that? Um, I would say it was, it, was a, it was definitely not a smooth transition. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and the reason why I say that, yes, my, my, my specialty, in my opinion, is, is people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I enjoy working with people. I enjoy helping people reach their goals. I enjoy um, seeing, I, l- I love the light in someone's eyes when they say, I got it. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Th- that's what I came here for, you know, is, is to help develop leaders, you know. Um, but before I could even do that, I had to understand the business. Mm-hmm. And understanding the business was difficult uh, because 
Um, yes, I've worked in operations before, but operations where I came from was a lot different um, at operations here. You know, so I was a liaison between stores uh, in, in the warehouses at, at um, Kroger, you mm. know, during one of my roles. Here, it's like I'm in the warehouse, you know, yeah. and, and so so I have to manage the operation from within, you know. So a um, lot, lot more, a lot more of a learning curve there. So the people thing, that was fine, you know, but but trying to manage um, the processes, you know, ha, has been has at that time was difficult because um, I was warned. I was warned before I took the role because you know, I have friends that worked for Kroger that transitioned to Amazon. Mm -hmm. They said when they say learn my doing, they mean that. There is no training program like you had in Kroger. There's no, there's no several weeks and then he's in it. You dive right in. Yeah. You know, and that's how life is. You yeah. know, so so there's no training period in life. That's you know, fair. so um, you 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 dive right in in Amazon. So yeah, it's got changed for what. Two weeks, you know, uh, one of those weeks was not really a, a week. You know, he just yeah. was, but Scott was great, you know, because oh, yeah. he, he spent all that time. He took a lot of time off his own schedule to teach me and transition me, mm -hmm. you know, and so he was absolutely fabulous. But um, nothing could have prepared me for, for when, when I was by myself, mm. you know, because th there were so many unanswered questions. I think he did the best he could. But because it was unstructured and it was just the best that Scott could do, mm. you know, um, nothing could prepare you for the lingo. I, I had people, I'll never forget Dooley, talking to me in Amazon. Uh, and I had to try to interpret what he's saying. I'm like, what? Like, I, <laughs> yeah. He's like, you have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah they give you a wiki. But when I'm going to read that, am I going to do these, these K-nuts or am I going to read this wiki? But yep. like, you got to pick and choose here. Yep. You know, so um, it was a tough transition, but... I would say most transitions are like that, mm. you know. So that this, my transition was no exception. Gotcha. That's fair. What would you say is like because you mentioned speaking Amazon Wiki all yeah. that. What would you say is like the one Amazon term that's like the weirdest, or you're like, oh man, like you thought you knew it for a while and then you got it, and you're like, oh no. I, I would say them some of the more confusing things, and you might have a kick out of this. It's just some. Of the <laughs> Like Project Odin, for example. Ah, yes. Like I'm I used think. to, I'm used to the, the the things meaning something about the. Yeah. Like when, when I saw I'm a part of the homies chat, what in the world is that? Yeah. So it's <laughs> right. just, it's just, it's, it's funny. Yeah. But but I'm used to more structure, more more, like this is a bag of candy, so we call it bag of candy. Yeah. Not super flagellistic bag. Like what what in the world does that mean? Like coming in as from the outside, if you don't know what it is. I mean, it, you're, you're forcing someone to try to figure it out, which is yeah. actually not lean at all. It, it, it's if you came into our facility and you saw a single E movie chat, <laughs> what in the world is that? I know yeah. what it is because I was there when you created it. Yeah, but but or or Project Odin, or yeah. I'm just using stuff that I know you, you're yep. part of. Yeah, uh, Project Buzz Lightyear. Like I'm making that up. Yeah. But, but the point is, like there was a lot of things that meant one thing that. You would be like, what? It was like, what? And so I feel like if there was some time to cut down on that minutia, mm -hmm. you know, a learning curve will be will be a little quicker. Understood, yeah. Well, and it's funny, even with like the A single movie chat, like, I think I, I don't, well, I wouldn't say I made it as a joke, but I was like, all right, they're going to get SCC together, which for our <laughs> audience is our computer staffing boards. They're going to make it to where you could not have someone pack at a specific station unless they were specifically s assigned in this computer program because before you could just go to whatever station. 
So I was, well, if, say, we move someone from our department to another department and they're staffed on our board, then that department will have to come onto our board and pull them off or message us privately. So I was like, I'll just make this quick chat between all the PAC departments. And I think, Ted, you're like, you know what? Why don't I just put the head counts in this and I don't have to put in three different chats? Like, oh, well, yeah. what do you know? Th- so. That made it easier, at least for me, to, um, to track head counts instead of going back and forth and back and forth. It was just you know, a lot. You know, if, so. if I knew the chat was going to be so serious, I might have named it something a bit better. But eh. <laughs> it's all good. That's like singles and AFE and move. How can you not mix it together? <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess overall first year management experience at Amazon, like I don't even know compared to Kroger. Because Kroger, when you started, you were younger, different thing. But Amazon, while you're, you know, got a few more years behind it. I don't want to use the old word, but uh just like how has the adjustment been into the technical environment and all that i don't know like um i would say all in all it's been great it's been great it's been after 14 years of doing something and things certain ways to see a a, a raw opportunity like a term i use a lot which some of you have heard before is to say this is a really young company and I, and I say that yeah. fondly because you have opportunity to create something here. You know, mm-hmm. so what I should probably be saying a little bit more often is that it's a really young building too. You know, so you, we have dynamic leaders that um, they really have a good vision to where they want to see CMH4 go. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but within that, you also have a piece of the puzzle to help write the, the future of CMH4. Mm-hmm. And that, that's very unique. You don't get that opportunity very often in life to where you can help create the culture of an organization. A million that's square fair. foot facility that's gonna be around a lot longer than, than, than you and I are gonna be working mm-hmm. for a company that's on the top of its game. You know, so CMH4 is gonna be here. Yeah. You know, so so we are right, we have the unique opportunity to write the culture of what this building is gonna be like going forward. Mm. You know, so um, never had an opportunity such as this before, but it's exciting to me. You know, so I would say um, it was an easier transition into Amazon than it was coming out of college into, into Kroger, even though Fair we enough. had those training things. But because I had 14 years of dealing with people and, and understanding uh, certain situations, you know, I didn't have to. Once you learn how to manage people, you know how to manage people. You know, so the hardest thing in Amazon was understanding uh, some of the. Um, nuances of the business you know the the the, the, the um single movie chats and, and th- things like that understanding yeah, yeah, yeah. how how the nuts and bolts work what, what was the and to be honest with you i'm still learning some things you know because yeah. it's always it's, it's forever evolving it's changing things are changing yeah. you know um and, and to be honest you should be excited about that working for amazon because you don't want to be in a company that stops evolving you know yeah. so because once that happens and things stop. You start spending money on classes that you are not going to help you. Mm-hmm. And I never forget. <laughs> it's funny because I talk about Kroger like this, but but I remember going through courses and doing these things. It was a complete waste of time. And we did it for the well, what's the thing this year? Oh, it's this program, and then it it would fall by the wayside the next year, and there'll be another thing, and it'd be like, oh, okay, we're well, on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And there's so many little programs like that that held no water you know sometimes they, they, i remember 
uh, winning in each store, and, and they spent a lot of money on these programs. But when you look back on it, no one talks about that stuff anymore. Mm. You know, when you start getting to a place where it's just spending money to be spending money because you have to you have a budget and you have to spend, mm-hmm. um, you, you're probably in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you're, not, you're not spending money on technology you got to grow the business. You're spending money on, on these programs that, that, yes, they're well-intended, but if you forget about it in a year, what was the purpose? Mm. You know, so, so here, Amazon's growing at such a pace to where everything is value-added. Uh, or value added, mm-hmm. you know. So, so, so you got affinity groups, you got um, different projects, you got um, facilities opening, you know. So the experiences you guys are learning here, you're going to take the next facility that you're going to probably open, you know. So, you guys are the leaders, you know. So you're the future leaders of Amazon, and, and I starkly understand that and I see that, mm-hmm. you know. So it brings me great joy to help be a part of your of your career mm. because you're going to leave here and you're going to do great things. All of you, you know, um, to be a start or, or some part of your foundation, you know, um, that gets me up in the morning. Hey, yay. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, and even like for, for like you, a- OM to AM and like us, like us to our PAs, like to me, it's like, Oh, like I really want to get them promoted associates mm-hmm. to PA, like really want to get them promoted. Cause I know, uh, like, five years from now it's like they'll probably be the ams or you know like i think there's one someone told me you got to train your replacement if you want to be promoted right so mm-hmm. um, it's like no it's definitely a lot of growth and being young like there's a reason i still find myself swinging by singles and afe too it's like oh they're my child well singles is my child you know as i told <laughs> someone last week so but uh just like Actually, I'll go here. So last random question I got from someone else. So this one comes from Andy Spielman. Uh, he put, who is his favorite employee and why is it me? So I think he oh asked that Lord. from the knowledge of knowing I would ask it. So I guess why is Wade your favorite <laughs> employee? <laughs> so I, I'm not sure I'm going to answer this in the right way. But um, I don't necessarily have a favorite AM. Uh, but I have qualities in each of you that are different you know that, that i do value you know so um all of you have unique unique gifts unique mm. qualities about yourself you know um i would say yeah so this is hard so I, i'm mm. thinking about it like i can't pick a person but i can pick uh, qualities in each of you that, that i admire mm. you know um I, I learn just as much from you guys as you do the business or or, or me or or Jeremy, Press, Charlie, mm-hmm. you know, so you guys teach me lessons as well, you know, so, I, and I appreciate that. Uh, one quality I feel like the, the entire team has, uh, hopefully I'm not wrong on this, um, deep-seatedly, is that we feel like we're a team. You know, the Back Half Nights team feels like a team. There hasn't been any big arguments am- amongst this team. And if you That's guys, and, and yep. one, one thing that I admire, if there was something like that, it never reached me. You know, so I don't know if you can't stand AJ or, or, or you just cannot stand oh, Nick or something gosh. like that. Like you, 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 even if that is the case, I'm not saying it yeah. is, but even if it is the case, you guys have handled that amongst yourselves. That's you know, fair, so, yeah. so the AM group has a really tight-knit uh, mm-hmm. um, closeness about yourselves. And I think, uh, speaking about Andy specifically, you know, I think he is a big part of that. You know, mm-hmm. so he, he, I love Andy's initiative. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that, that – um, and he's willing to do things without being asked mm-hmm. for the betterment of the team. 
you know, so does he, he wants to get promoted like everyone else, yep. you know, but, but he sees bigger picture, you know, does, j- yeah. j- just speaking about Andy specifically, but it's like that with all of you, you know, you all have something that I, um, that I really appreciate and I admire. And the fact that we're close as a team, uh, uh, that's probably the most proud I am. You know, I, I, I can't even express to you how much I love to see you guys help each other out. You know, when someone puts in the, when you like put some in the chat that helps the group, I, that's a slam dunk for me, you know, because I didn't say anything. Wade said it, you know, so um, Wade reminded the group about such and such meeting, you know, or, or Jen put something in there about, about make sure we're, we're, we're looking at this, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I just did this, Kane. I didn't, it took me five minutes. Like when you guys talk amongst yourselves mm-hmm. like that, I absolutely love that. You know, that, that's a touchdown for me. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it, it'll be it like I mean I'm not really planning on going to another shift anytime soon, but I'm sure one day I probably will find myself on another shift. So I don't really know Amazon from another shift perspective that isn't our shift. So, but I do know talking to like Charlie in the past on one on ones because he's been on shifts in other buildings other than that. He's like, yeah, I like our shift. Like we're the most chill. Like I I don't know. I <laughs> may, maybe I'm just biased, but yeah. I, I don't. Put hashtag best half nights in the chat room for no reason. Yeah, yeah. But we've had, we've been lucky. We've had some good people assimilate to our group. You know, um, we've had our issues. We've had our issues. Oh, of course, Everyone but but we've does. been able to overcome them. You yeah. Know? And so I appreciate it. Charlie being a big part of that as well. We miss him. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, but he was a big part of our group. You know, to help formulate the culture. I'm back up nice. So, so big shout out to Charlie Stack, yep. wherever he is. Charlie, who has not been on the podcast yet, but <laughs> <laughs> that's my guy, right? Him and Dave. But uh, all right. So I guess uh, those are all my like specifically Amazon stuff and all that. So I had a bunch of random questions I typed out because I think the other day you're like, yeah, just whatever. I like to talk. So yeah, I guess I'll just throw a bunch of random leadership like questions at you, and then we'll wrap it up. So, first question: Define leadership. I have to ask every person who wants leadership this, right? No, no, I, I appreciate this. Um, leadership, it's, it's for me, it's hard to define because it's more about it of an action, you know. So, leadership is doing the right thing when no, no one is watching, and you're also not a leader if no one's following, you know. So, um, leadership is doing the right things. And teaching the right people and, and making sure that the people are following you. If no one's following you, you're just taking a walk, mm. you know. So, so you need someone seeing what you're doing and saying, you know what, that's the right thing to do. I'm gonna follow him. And I'm gonna do the exact same thing he's doing, you know. So, being able to coach, teach, and train individuals, you know, um, to do the right things, you know, um, they need to be able to trust what you're doing is, is the right thing, you know, and, and follow suit, you know. So, um. For me, there's a difference between a boss and a leader. A boss tells you what to do. A leadership person shows you what to do. You know, so so showing can be by example. Showing you can say, um, I could tell you, um, watch your PA bucket, you know, all day long. You know, so, but if I, if I don't show you how that affects the business or how to do it, I say, hey, can, can, you, can you guys please can, um, – can you put your, your, your PA in path in this next period? And that's really going to help the whole team. You know, so um, you, you, get, you got two PAs right now. You know, we're only running a certain amount of volume. You know, if you put this PA into path for this period, this will save us. You know what I'm saying? So, so th- th- that's leading. You know, um, um, yeah, hope I'm answering your question. Yeah, that's no, it. that was good. 
Uh, what in terms of engagement? Because uh, I know you're at least my understanding of you is that you're pretty good with people. So what is a good question? Like, what are good questions you can ask other people to find out more about them or to have them open up a bit more? So that's a good question, and I'm going to answer it. But what I think is even more important than than asking a question is to show them that you're listening. You know, so your nonverbal communication and your nonverbal cues speak more volumes than what you say. You know, so um, I would say... Um, a good question for engagement for our, our type of environment would say, how are you feeling today? And look them in their eyes and make sure your shoulders are square, you know, and, and really listen intently on what that person has to say. It doesn't have to be a long conversation, but if you ask them, how are you feeling today? You know, you, you look at they're, they're going to answer you, I feel great. They're going to answer you, uh, I'm kind of tired today. Okay, that's a leading question. So Tyler, but you know what? It's going to be a great shift. You know, so we're going to ship this much volume. Uh, but we're looking at your rates and you've been improving. You know, so I look forward to you continuing to help lead this team by example. You know, or, or you feel great today? Oh, great, man. You're a leader here. I appreciate what you do for us. You know, or someone might be struggling. You know, you just say, okay, great. You don't feel good today. I understand, you know, but um, here's our goals for today. This is what you've been doing at. But I have a really good feeling about your performance today and how you're going to help the, our team win. You know, so how are you feeling? That was my answer to that. Oh. There could be others. Feel great. Yeah. Gotcha. What would you say is the most surprising self-realization you've had as a manager? Self-realization. Um, as a manager, as a leader, I would say the team, no matter what you're a leader of or what you're managing, you know, if you're managing people, if you come in with a bad attitude, that's contagious. So if you come in with a good attitude, that's contagious. You know, so always check at the door how you feel first. You know, so I, it's, it's funny how you lead into that from what I would ask someone else. But you have to really be mindful of the energy that you're putting off. Because believe it or not, people feed off of that. And so if you're having a bad day, most likely people are going to pick up on that. You know, and you're gonna, it's going to be a domino effect. You know, um, that's any any person in leadership. You know, so um, we have some people that do that very well on Amazon. I've noticed. Mm. You know, so and then you have people have opportunity with that. Mm. You know, so I might, I will go as far as to say, say if you you are not mentally there, it's better for you to go home. Mm. You know, than to 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 really have that uh, affect everyone else. Everyone has their time and personal days and mm. stuff like that. So it's better for an individual to probably go home, even though I'd rather that not happen. I'd rather see them rise to the occasion. You know, but, um, I mean, I have a good example. I won't get into it, but but um, I'd rather see someone rise to the occasion, show that they're above a situation, because one thing I love to say, E plus R equals O, um, event plus response equals outcome. You know, so that um, makes more sense. Okay. Y- yeah, you can't you can't control the events that happen in your life, but you darn sure can affect how you respond to them, mm. which equals a, a either good or bad outcome. You know, so control your R. Uh, me understanding how my R affects other people has been probably the biggest self self actualization. That word. Yeah, so that word. Yeah, so it's, it's probably been the bi- biggest thing that, that I'll pull away for that. Gotcha. Uh, so management, we all tend to make mistakes and stuff. So what's like a big mistake that you've made younger in your career that you tend to see other managers mistake, make that same mistake and you're like, mm, probably shouldn't do this. Um, 
I would say one that stands out. Um, to I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna name I'm gonna name two. So and there's been several because everyone goes to these things. But number one, I would say overpromising. You know, so mm. being able to, to say, hey, hey, get shoot, I will be able to take care of that. You know, oh yeah, you can do that and, and not be sure about something yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, so over promising and, and under delivering. Like I said, like you, you constantly as a leader, as a manager, you're making these little small deposits, right? Okay. You know, anytime, even if it's not even your fault, you didn't mean to, anytime that something doesn't really actualize and you meant for it to because you didn't do your homework, you over promised, um, you just you just made a huge uh, withdrawal. You know, so so you just lost a lot of trust. It takes a lot longer to build trust than it does for, for someone to, to lose trust in you. You know, so um, you, you got to be very sure that you're sure if, if you make some type of promise or, or, or think something like that. And then uh, being naive about relationships. I hate to bring that up, but but it's the truth. You know, um, I, I came into a time where so, um, social media wasn't really what it is today. You know, when I started my career. And so I was Facebook friends with everybody. Was that a mistake? Yes, it was a mistake. You know, so um, you just never know who's watching. And it's even more so now than when it comes to when I started being professional. You know, so now that stuff is really key in on, you know, um, and it's just getting, uh, I shouldn't say worse because there's a lot of benefit to social media. Mm-hmm. But um, um, being naive to think everyone's your friend. These are not your friends. You know, so um, whatever you do outside of work, I, I can't, I can't judge you on that. But um, being naive to think that the people that work for you are are, are, are wholly your friends. You know, so you can't you can't necessarily look at it. you could be friendly, you know, but this is not someone that that you're gonna share intimate conversation with. And if you yeah. happen to do love, I mean, I can't be the judge of who Cupid hits, you know, but you being very upfront with that type of information yep. you know, on the front end, you know, so never let, never get caught or never be questioned about anything. Be upfront um, on something like that, you know, very, very soon. Gotcha. Don't want to be in a position of compromise. Oh, right? for sure. So you mentioned something about social media, just like friend, that stuff may actually made me think of this. So uh, I feel like once you told me that you went by Teddy back yeah. up in Akron, but yeah, sure did. you asked us all to call you Ted and your name's technically Theodore. So yeah. like, when did you transition from Teddy to Ted? Like? That's a really good question. I would say when I came to Columbus, uh, I wanted to reinvent myself. Mm. You know, so um, I wanted to be the professional version of myself. So I went by Ted. My father went by Ted. That's why I went by Teddy. Oh, okay. You know, so, so his name was Theotis. He hated his name, so, but wanted me to be named after him, but decided to, to call me Theodore instead. So technically not a junior, but kind of. So um, he went by Ted. I went by Teddy growing up because I was just a smaller t- Ted. Sure. And then um, when I came to Columbus, I wanted to, wanted to reinvent myself. And so I became Ted. Mm. And I always said if I went somewhere else, maybe I'd be Theo in, in Cincinnati or something like that. But, but no, t- Ted sticks. Natty. Yeah, so I would say Ted is the professional version of Teddy. Mm. You know, some, some people still call me Teddy. You know, it just depends on uh, the relationship and how you know me. Gotcha. I get that. I I told myself when I came to Amazon, I was like, you know, I think I might ask people to call me by my last name, Kaiser, to be more professional. Then I went and introduced myself as Wade, and I was like, oh, shoot, <laughs> I messed it up. <laughs> yeah, like, we well, don't always I, think about those things. Yeah, but uh, fair enough. Uh, all right, I got 
two more questions, but it'll kind of flip into it. So normally I end my podcast with, if you have one piece of advice from our discussion today, or life in general, what would that be? But I actually want to start with this one. Uh, what is the worst piece of advice you have ever received in your life? Would that be like from management or anything like that? Because there's, there's a lot of bad advice out there. There is, there is. That's a really good question. Um All good things happen to those who wait. Have you heard that before? I have heard that before. So um, I would say in a professional setting, action means more than just waiting. You know, um, I don't think that, that waiting is going to yield much benefit for you. You know, um, there's a, like I said before, um, there's a lot of good people that get passed over just because no one knows them. You know, or they can't, they can't translate their talent into something tangible. You know, so um, just speaking in terms of Amazon, um, Amazon has a lot of operators, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. A lot of people good with computers, a lot of people good with spreadsheets, a lot of people good with all the types of things. What they're lacking is leadership. You know, so, so we need, you know, that's hard to teach. So they look for it. You know, so um, if you want to become the best version of yourself in an environment like this, you know, look at how you're leading your team. You know, and, and how, how you're, because we is bigger than I in this type of environment. You know, so people look for what your team has accomplished because of the effort that you put into them. You know, so the, I would say waiting, you'll be waiting forever. You know, so it's, it's no, it's my turn. You know, it's no, because Wade's been here for a year and a half and you open the building, he's next. Mm-hmm. Someone can come up and grab your position like that. Yeah. You know, so be, just because they're more aggressive. Yep. You know, so, so we, we, we've seen it happen. There's no such thing as my turn in a professional environment. Fair enough. All right. Well, thank you, Ted, for being here. It's been great to talk to you. Uh, but I guess I'll wrap up with, if you have one final piece of advice you'd like to share with our audience, whether that be from life in general, this conversation, anything, what would that be? Mm. Uh, good advice. Um, I would say... Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something that I always tell my son. Uh, always give your best. Whatever you do. Uh, you never know what's on the other side of that. You know, so um, have goals. Play chess with your life. You know, um, I always think three moves ahead. You know, but don't slack. You know, so because um, the, the journey and, and the big journey I had with Kroger would never have been possible without me giving my all and really digging into it. You know, so um, I had that mindset of, I'll wait my turn. It never came. I had to say, I had to truly commit myself to what I was doing to be good, to prove that I was ready for the next steps that, I, mm-hmm. that, that led to my career there. You know, and the same thing with Amazon. You know, so it's just a different environment. You know, um, do your best. Leave it all on the field. You know, so d- don't, we say that in football all the time. You know, um, leave it all out there. Leave it all on the court. Leave it in the facility. Don't come in there talking about, uh, I don't feel like it today. No, you stepped in your work. You stepped on the field. I want your best every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, so you never know what's going to happen. And you just do your best. Go hard. Um, my coach used to always say, and I'll leave it at this. Um, um, people get hurt in football, you know, when you go half go. You know, so mm-hmm. you, you, you risk yourself to injury if you're just trotting along. Watch the videos of big hits and things like that. It's always an unsuspecting person who's just trotting along he gets blown up you know so you have to give it your all or you're you're gonna risk injury 
Mm-hmm. You know, so it's the same in life. You know, um, um, if you have goals, you know where you want to go. You know, there's no there's no day off. There's no there's no if you mm-hmm. clock in, if you come through those turnstiles, you're ready to leave it out on the field. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, good advice. I like it. Well, thank you, Ted. Uh, before we wrap this up, do you have any shout outs you'd like to give to anybody? <laughs> well, first, uh, since I'm on the Wade Kaiser show, back half nights, what up? What up? Best half nights. See you on the floor. Yeah, so so and all that stuff. I don't know how that became a thing. But <laughs> but uh um but yeah, so I love you guys, truly do. You know, I really want to see the best um from, from each and every one of you. Um my job's not done until I help you actualize your goals. You know, um, whether that's with Amazon or not with Amazon, you know, so I, I support you. Um, I hope you guys believe that and, and feel my sincerity, you know, when I say that, because I, I truly want to help you um, in, in every facet of your career. So um, that's my big shout out. Um, not sure if my wife will, will hear it, but but hey, baby, I love you. Love, love, love Isaiah, little son and uh, baby on the way. And uh, I guess a, a shout out. Um, Rest of the Amazon crew too. I appreciate the, the opportunity to work for uh, such a such a dynamic company doing such great things mm. and um, and changing the landscape of how we do business in this country. You know, um, it's exciting times mm-hmm. and it's just getting more exciting. So so yep. lucky to be with a company that's winning. I say that a lot, but I mean it. Mm. I've been with a company that's stagnant. You know, um, not necessarily losing, but but l- l- been knocked down a bit. Mm. You know, and, and, and the. <laughs> The pressure is a lot different, a lot different when you're with a company like that, constantly talking about market share, constantly looking at competition. You are so, we are so lucky to be in a place where we don't, we don't feel that. You know, um, you, it's a good time to be with Amazon. Amazon's winning. I know people going to Target looking at money and things like that. Like, don't chase money. You know, look, look, look play chess, right? Play chess. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, I know a lot of you can relate to right now. People going to Target, things like that. Yep. No, no, no. That's not the end game. You know, uh, Target was one we talked about in Kroger too. We you did, know, yeah. so so. They're, they're, the grass isn't always greener. You know, so anyway, I'm preaching. Love to That's be all right. <laughs> one Amazon person to another, I'll I'll let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Ted. It was awesome having you here. It's uh again, if I'm not in on the weekend, uh, you can blame this conversation, right? <laughs> right. But yeah, normally I end on, well, have a nice day. But since Ted's here, we'll go out on a see you on the floor, right? So (laughs) see you on the floor. (laughs)